Good morning. So, my wife and I, we've been married 17, 16? I don't know. Quite a few years now. So we finally reached a point where she's decided she's comfortable to tell me I'm putting on a bit of extra weight. So she said I should do some lunges. So I said, no, that's a big step forward. Um, I, I, who else? So we've got uh, Michaela doing sound in the back there. Does anyone else ever involve themselves with sound? Raise your hand if you're part of the sound team. You can call it sound team. Anyone else? Okay. You guys are awesome. Seriously, you guys are the unseen heroes. We, we don't know. I've tried to work that once before. There's two computers and there's like six million pieces of things. I'm like, no, no. So thank you guys. I, I, I want you guys to know you are valued and appreciated. Thank you very much. This morning has been an interesting time coming. If I've ever experienced physical attacks from Satan like I have this last two weeks, I'd say, it is probably the most I've experienced, and it's so interesting because Satan's normal attack is my kids, and he doesn't have that authority. So he decided, well, fine, I'm going to go after every item that you own. Tractors broke, plumbing broke, what else broke? Uh, the, well, the haying equipment broke, everything broke. So I'm pretty damn stoked this morning. <laughs> I'm very excited. But that being said, I promise you this. My message, as Paul said, my message and my preaching are not with wise or persuasive words. But they're with the demonstration of the Spirit's power this morning. We're doing something really interesting and really exciting and there's so much more that could be said than I can say in this time. And I'm only going to be probably a lot shorter than, definitely than Chad normally is. But definitely even shorter than I normally preach. Because I want time for prayer afterwards. The power and the blood and name of Jesus. A part of me wants to stir the inner Pentecostal when I hear those phrases. Hey, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus. There's an old hymn which I love. It says, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Would you over evil a victory win? There is power in the blood. Would you be free from your passions and your pride? There is power in the blood, come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide, or tree. I, I, I remember the phrase, it's tree. There is wonderful power in the blood. In Acts, we read the phrase, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It's preceded, preceded, yeah, preceded. It precedes the next phrase, which is, and you will be my witnesses. When God gives you power, it is not for your glory. 
that is not for your puffing up of pride. When God gives you power, it is for you to be a witness. And obtaining power comes at a cost. Ask any politician. The power they have, it costs their family time. It costs their privacy. But the power that God offers is nothing like the power that the, the sacrifice you have to make there. Philippians 2 verses 8 to 9 reads, And being found in appearance of man, speaking of Jesus here, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It costs. Therefore, and here's the power, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In that, you're going to find three phases of power. Humbling, receiving the power, and God obtaining glory. So if you are searching for power as a Christian to feel good, you know, we've been going through Gifted for Love for the last few weeks. Chad ended up last week. And the whole kind of experience of that church where Paul was speaking to at the time, they were saying, oh, I speak in tongues. They were puffing themselves. They were wanting the power, the, gift, the gifts to look at me. And Paul was correcting it. So if you are seeking spiritual gifts, if you're seeking power for yourself, I advise you, stay away from it. There was seven preachers that weren't preaching the Word of God, but they were preachers for the sake of whatever they could at the time. They heard that the, the disciples were driving out demons in the name of Jesus. So they made the mistake of trying to do it for themselves. Do you know what happened to those guys? They went out there and the demons said, yeah, Paul and Peter we know, at least Peter we know. It's Jesus we know, but who the heck are you? Beat them up, strip them naked, and sent them on their way. Don't seek power when you don't have Christ in you for God's glory. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, God says. Romans 16, uh, 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. God's power has a purpose, and that is to make salvation near, to bring salvation near to people. Seek the power of God through the blood and name of Jesus. See, the power and the blood of Jesus gives us redemption. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In Him 
we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Ephesians 1.7 The purpose of the power of God's blood, of Jesus' blood, is to redeem you. I've said this before, and I don't know if I've said it up here, or, but if you have conversations with me, I say it fairly regularly. Salvation was not free. It cost Jesus his life. It was incredibly expensive. You have been bought with the blood of Jesus. You are therefore incredibly valuable. God offers that salvation to you for free. But there was a price. So the blood of Jesus gives us redemption. It also gives us this incredible thing called fellowship. Now, we've recently watched The Fellowship of the Rings again recently. Awesome movie. Any J.R. Tolkien fans out here? He rocks. Fellowship, is an, it's an old term, isn't it? And the best English modern term for it is friendship. It's a very simple word. And it takes all this philosophical, theological phrase out the way, and makes it real. Because of the blood of Jesus, we can have friendship with God. That's pretty cool. That's pretty powerful. Keeping in mind that your sins drove you away from God, made you an enemy of God, a mortal enemy of God. I've said this before. I don't know why God chose not to redeem offers salvation to, to Satan and his fallen angels, but he offered it to us. He offered friendship to us. Now, God has his reasons. I'm not going to question them. Well, I do question out of curiosity. I'm going to totally trust him in his understanding. But he offers us friendship. Hebrews 10, 19 to 22 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near to God. The power of the blood lets us come close to God, have friendship with God. That statement, we say it so quickly. But let that sink in. This is the God who said, let there be light. Never experienced in history past because history hadn't begun yet. And it was. And it was good. It's the same God who said, let there be fish teeming in the seas. Never a fish created before. And all the vast creation done. Driving here this morning, Fallon said to she was sitting in the back seat and she said, Uncle Nick, tell me to draw something. I'm like, okay. Imagine I said, Draw me a fish. In fact, draw me five different fish. Off the top of your head, can you picture five different fish? It takes a bit of thinking. And God just said, let there be fish teeming in the seas. And they were there. And all the different types of fishes that he made. Fishes. Is that right? I think it's fishes. 
get it. English is a weird language. And this is the God. He said, look at that mud. That's kind of boring. Let's take that mud and make something amazing. And I can just picture God kind of old school sculpting, taking this mud, drawing it up, drawing it up. I don't know how tall Adam was, maybe that big. Shaping him. And there's this living creature with the breath of God in him. This is the God who we became an enemy of. And he says, people, don't stay like that. You do not need to remain an enemy of mine. I will give you the blood of Jesus so that you can draw near to me. The power in the blood. The blood of Jesus, man, oh man, it sets us free. It sets us free. Have you experienced any bondages? Habits that you know aren't right? The blood of Jesus will set us free. It will set you free. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You see, we can choose to be reburdened by the bondage we've been set free from. But we don't need to be. God is still a gentleman. I love that phrase. He says, here's the chain. There you go. Are you going to come to me? And many times we run and embrace him quickly. And then we look back and think, that was some nice money we used to get doing this. I'll be back now. We don't need to be bound to that. But we can be set free. If you are bound to something that you want to escape, today is the day that you will escape that. By the blood of Jesus, you can be set free. The blood of Jesus, I love this one, gives us victory over the devil. Not only over ourselves, because when we choose bondage again, we're choosing bondage ourselves. It is not the devil's fault this time. It is the nature of sinful man that brings us back into bondage when we choose to go back. But we can still have authority and victory over the devil. Revelation 12, 11 says, They triumphed over him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Isn't that exciting? We can triumph over Satan. No weapon formed against you will prosper when you are covered by the blood of Jesus. That's exciting news. And then I want us to just look a little bit about the name of Jesus. Because we have all these exciting things we can escape by the blood of Jesus. And, and we want to start going, casting out demons because we've got that authority. I, wonder if I, I remember when my father died. It was clear as day to me. I knew that if I went and prayed for him, he would be raised from the dead. I knew it without a doubt in my heart. And I wanted to go, and then I was about to jump on my bike and go, and I thought to myself, 
what a selfish thing to do. My father is sitting right now next to Jesus and having a conversation. Who am I to go call him from that? That's the authority we've got. But we also got to make sure we don't be foolish about how we use the authority of Jesus. Mark 16, verses 17 to 18 says, And these signs will accompany. I want you to focus on the will. It's a very Pentecostal word there. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. Demons, today is the day. Today is the day. You no longer have a hold here. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up deadly snakes with their hands. Those of us from South Africa understand that that literally happens. It's scary. <laughs> they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Are you sick today? Today is the day for healing. See, at the name of Jesus, you will drive out the demons. You will speak in tongues in the name of Jesus. You will place your hands on sick people and they will get well. Now, you need to understand something about the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is not just a combination of letters. Because Jesus is actually kind of, a, I believe it's Latin. And it, um, previous to the Arabic, Aramaic would have been uh, Yeshua. And the Hebrew is Joshua. So we've got to be careful. If you're speaking about, hey, it's the name of Jesus that you have this authority. That it's, you need to grasp that it is not the word. It is the authority of Jesus. At the name of Jesus. In the authority of Jesus. When you speak on behalf of Jesus. Not yourself. You will drive out demons. As I said earlier, those seven brothers, or I think, I think they were brothers, made a mistake of doing it, thinking that it's just a word, the name of Jesus. When we speak about a name, you speak about the character of a person. I loved my name's meaning when I discovered it. It means people and victory. Every time someone says, hey, Nicholas, they're saying, hey, leader with, victor hey, leader with victory. I'm like, that's a cool thing to say to me. Thanks. Can I help you? At the name of Jesus, at the authority of Jesus, with the character of who Jesus is, you have that authority. The name of Jesus bears great power. And as Peter Parker knows, with great power comes great responsibility. But it's true. Because remember... Acts 1.8, you will receive power. With great power comes great responsibility. And you will be my witnesses. We like the will part, eh? In, in Mark 16, we like the part where it says, these signs will accompany. That was like, yeah, I'm going to get me some signs. But you will, it also says in Acts 1.8, that you will be my witnesses. Wouldn't it be great if we lived in the time of Acts? Hey, can you imagine all those great signs and miracles? Hey, 
being captured by the authorities, being pulled apart limb by limb. Wouldn't that be exciting? Maybe not so exciting. But there is no way you could face that reality were it not for the power of Christ in you. And if you're not willing to lose your job, you need a question, does the power of Christ live in you? If you're not willing to look like a fool speaking Jesus, you need a question, does the power of Christ live in me? Am I covered by the blood? Do I walk in his name? You see, you cannot understand the power of God without understanding the great commission of God. You will receive power. And you will be my witnesses. I started off saying that receiving power has three phrases. Being humbled, receiving the power, and giving God glory. You see, Jesus modeled that for us right in the beginning. Philippians uh, 2, let me just find it again, 2 verses 8, 9 says, And being found in appearance of man, that in itself is a humbling thing for a mighty God. Imagine the splendors of heaven, and Jesus says, I will go down in the muck. I'll be born in a stable. If I was God, I would have at least waited till like now times, when he could have had a sanitary place to be born, in a hospital, clean and beautiful. No, no, no. At the right time, Jesus came, and he was born in a mucky manger. He humbled himself there, and then he humbled himself even to death, his enemies. And that's why he can write and say later on, where, O oh death, is your sting? Where, O oh death, is your victory? He humbled himself even to death. To receive the power of God, we must be humbled. We must humble ourselves. Our job is to humble ourselves. And God's job is to exalt himself. But if we want to exalt ourselves, God will humble us. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. And then the power came. God gave him the name that was above every other name. That's a powerful thing. I love the first verse, the first song we sang. High King of Heaven. Not just King, but High King. That was so powerful when, I, when that phrase hit me this morning as we were singing. The High King of Heaven. There is no other name like it. No other power like the name of Jesus. Because every knee will bow. So every knee that's out there and possibly in here today that is not willing to bend before Jesus, you don't really have a choice. The time is coming where your knee will bow and you will confess that Jesus is Lord. Now that can either be a scary thing or a liberating thing. Choose liberty. Choose freedom. And all of this will bring glory to our God the Father. And with that, I conclude what I need to say. 
to today. We need to pray. There is bondage that needs to be broken. There is healing that needs to be received. And this might be the first stage that you need to humble yourself. And we're going to invite you to the front. Very old school system, hey? Very old fashioned. But I'm going to invite you to the front so that we can pray with you and that you can receive freedom, liberty from your bondage, that you can receive healing this morning. And I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Maybe no one stands up, but we're not going to close our eyes even because we want to pray with you, not me, we. So this morning, right now, if you want to receive freedom, liberty from your bondages, come pray right now. If you want to receive healing, come right now and pray. Today, just before the verse, Sean, there's a sermon this morning. I've got these verses. Well, just this one, actually, for you. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things. Come receive your freedom. Come receive your healing. Humble yourself before God. That's exciting. No one needs it. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Go in the power and in the name, power of the blood and in the name of Jesus. Go and make disciples. It shouldn't take long before we need to build out new buildings. Let us pray. The name of Jesus, how sweet it sounds. Whether we say Jesus, Yeshua, or Jehovah, or even Joshua, Lord, your name is sweet honey on our lips. Thank you that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Thank you that at the name of Jesus, salvation is brought to us. Thank you that by the blood of Jesus, we can have friendship with God the Father. Thank you that we can have freedom. Thank you that freedom is experienced in this place this morning. I pray, Lord God, that since we've received this power from you, we will not be shy to go out and make disciples. That we will not fade back when confronted with questions about who you are and why we believe. Thank you that you live within us. That your kingdom has birthed its place in our heart, and it is growing out from us. Thank you, Lord God, for this community of believers. Grow us all, we pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen.